2: Hello and welcome to the Run as World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson.
3: And me, Ben Hobson.
2: Today we're speaking with Robbie Britton about the merits of the ten day
3: training cycle. Ooh. Well, I can't believe it. He's just he's just breaking down boundaries and shattering yeah. conceptions.
2: It's not just about doing a week, Ben. You don't have, you
3: don't have to follow necessarily to follow a seven right. day training cycle. That's the headline, isn't it? Yeah it is. Basically and, and we we've said ten, but Robbie talks about the ten day and fourteen day so sort mm. of two week blocks and it immediately appeals and I don't really I mean I guess because when I mean, talks about it but the long run is always the sort of sticky point with the sort of changing the week format because everyone has the weekend to do the long run and that's yes. kind of it but it's basically readjusting the volume so that it's not so condensed into seven days so you're, do- you're still running maybe f- the same volume maybe a bit more but it's a bit more balanced over two weeks rather than trying to fit in a, I don't know normally what like some speed uh, an easy yeah. and long and like in in seven day you know that's just three days already so I mean it's it's really I mean it's it's one of those ones that sound when you say it as a sentence it doesn't sound earth shatteringly like oh <laughs> yeah. my god but actually the, the reality is that most most of us have probably always trained in a seven day format rather Definitely. than a 10 or 14
2: it can be a bit overwhelming kind of like you know if you think right if you're trying to be a you know a gold standard runner it's like you should be doing lots of easy running a long run a tempo run an interval session and probably hills and you can imagine trying to fit that all into seven days can be a bit like that's with work um, with everything else yeah Yeah, exactly exactly. yeah Yeah. Yeah. so anyway so that's that's a bit of fun but hey before that um i've got a bit of science for you ben
3: oh i love it i haven't had any of this for a bit of science
2: yes um have you got a friend with a terrible running style and are you worried that running with them? is sort of making your own running style less efficient. Oh, wow. Don't okay. worry, Ben. Don't worry, because a new is study has like looked s- into this. Some sort of like backhanded way of you telling me something. <laughs> so this is this is a, um, a Japanese study looked yeah. into this, and, and two runners were placed on parallel treadmills, separated okay. only by a thin partition. They couldn't see each other, but they could hear each other's footfall, Um, Runner uh, A was told unbeknownst to runner B to increase or decrease stride frequency during certain periods of the run. Mm -hmm. And how did runner B respond? Apparently there was a modest mirroring effect. So very, like a slight mirroring effect. But this affected neither heart rate or perceived levels of exertion. So the sort of conclusion is running with other people, you know, has lots of benefits because actually running with someone with a different form. Don't worry about it too much because you're unlikely to mirror them too
3: closely. That is very interesting because you do often you often fall into step with other people when you're running Mm. like naturally kind of like you find yourself sort of hitting the same cadence same rhythm but you're obviously running depending on who you're running with you tend to run obviously the same pace so yeah i can see how that happens you kind of you know you do you do start to sort of sync up
2: so that's yeah the same thing happens in in language it's called um it's called phonetic convergence and it's like say if you say if you hang around with someone you, your voice will end up sounding a, a little bit more like yes there you you might
3: yeah. you adopt their their either that accent or some sort of like yeah and it's 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 almost like a uh needing to fit in thing or something for like sure that. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 i heard yeah, i was listening to something the other day that was people were talking about that so there we go we all just want to be like each other
2: we want to be like each other that's it yeah, um, how, mate how is how is your running going? You um people can't see this but you're actually wearing a vest.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm just this is just for you, mate. Um <laughs> I am about to go for a run. Uh and then we needed Excellent. to we needed to record this quickly. So, I'm um, <laughs> I'm I am in vest and short shorts and a, and a backwards cap and I'm ready to go cuz the sun's right. shining. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. I uh it's going all right. I mean, it's sort of we've got a slight sort of time contingent time whatever difference going on in the fact this is coming out sort of after I've done hackney half so I'm sort of in the build-up to that so I will have done it um but so hoping that all goes well I'm I'm just really tired mate I'm it's it's it, it the running's actually fine I think I'm just um just I just I've reached a very sort of like yeah a drained a drained right, okay. moment yeah. where where all the running doesn't feel particularly fantastic because I just feel tired and I'd actually probably just not go running. But at the same time, the sun's shining and it's nice to go outside. So it's calling you. It's yeah. calling me. So um, probably a very easy run today. I'd say nice in a nice. vest though. So look, bro, go slow. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna. Is, is the attitude for today's run? <laughs> That's the brand. That's, That's the, the brand. brand yeah. Continually for life, yeah. <laughs> but but especially today. Um, yeah. What about you? How's the how's the hour sub? Sub hour ten mile plan.
2: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I'm have given myself
3: um, a certain amount of time to do this. So my
2: my rough plan is gonna try and do a four like a four month training programme. So that would be kind of yeah. like from mid June. Um and until mid June I'm gonna just try to up the volume a little bit and, and keep it fairly easy while throwing in the occasional yeah. six minute mile, just that's to be fine. like, <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Just a reminder. This of, like, that's what it's gonna be like. And it's hard, isn't it? Um so yeah, so so that I think that I need to do that. Otherwise, uh, I possibly will get injured, or maybe just be slightly yeah. burnt out by the time um, it comes around. So yeah, easing my, easing myself in is the uh, is the headline there. But yeah, it, it'd be good, it'd definitely be good to to follow a, pran, a plan and have a bit of focus because I think I haven't had that my running yeah, in a kind of like really concerted way for a while. Mm. So it'd be nice to go back into. Hey, more here's focus a segue thing, so. into the guest. Who's
3: your coach for this plan, Rick?
2: <laughs> well, Robbie Britton has said that he might um, offer some some advice and uh, that will be needed because he's a fantastic runner and a fantastic coach. And, I'm fantastic. and I'm a fantastic
3: gonna... guest of the week. Yeah, bring him on. Oh, my
2: God. We're <laughs> getting good at
3: this. All right. Guest of the
2: week here in the studio. our guest this week is a coach ultra runner and the british record holder for 24-hour running here's talk more about the merits of the 10-day training cycle welcome back to the podcast Robbie Britton. hi thanks for
1: having me are you still based in the um the italian mountains Robbie? wait where are you a minute i'm in the italian mountains in our five grand apartment living oh, the dream you are and now we've got um fiber optic rather than relying on a church tower for <laughs> wi-fi wow <laughs> gosh they're it's really like... bringing it forward in those Italian mountains <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we're the only people in the village who use it they installed it into every small village and then we were like can we have it and they were like yeah yeah we've got to turn it on though because no one else is using it it's That's just really? Yeah. Yeah, no, one they're just not bothered Yeah. I mean what? I don't think they even use they God, still dude. use there's still like a little sign and when someone dies they put a poster up be like oh he's dead Carl <laughs> <Kyle> Claudio's <laughs> dead oh yeah and then they all wander along and look at it and go oh no he's
3: dead I think bring back the village notice board I think that's a big that's a big thing well there's you know one by my where my mum and dad live they they seem to put up things they've got also got that thing where there was a phone box um and it's now just a, a library like people oh yeah just,
2: yeah. You, yeah yeah
1: let me get because that. that's a bit of
2: Italian bookstores <laughs> are you um are you fluent now
1: I'm in English. I, yeah, I get by. <laughs> <laughs> should be right for a podcast. Uh, my Italian, my French is still better than my Italian, oh, um, but my it's getting there. Like and my French is bad as well. I should add that. Okay, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, bought, we bought the apartment in French because the estate agent didn't speak English and I didn't speak Italian.
2: Are you going as Roberto over there, or keeping it as,
1: as Robbie? I, 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 I'm mostly Robbie, but sometimes <laughs> if roberto might slip into a an introduction <laughs> i like that they we had the the coronation this weekend and they, they said did you did you watch uh carlo carlo <laughs> carlo king carlo i was
0: like
1: oh charles charles yeah nah nah not a no. fan no, um but right. i I'd, I'd get behind carlo a little bit more <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, much yeah, more, much
3: more, much more exuberant and interesting
1: awesome. right should we should we get into this uh the, te- the
2: 10 day week stuff then um most people probably follow a seven-day training cycle right they follow like a, a week training cycle but this 10-day training cycle seems to be something that some coaches and runners prefer what are some of the advantages of considering a 10-day
1: training cycle it's a good question and it's we're seeing it pop up a bit more um, and mainly with, and this is where it gets interesting, mainly with with full-time athletes who don't have the constraints of a normal seven-day week. They don't have a nine-to-five or an eight-to-six or shift work to deal with it. And the main benefits are increased recovery between some of those higher-stress sessions, uh, namely the long run. The long run's like something that we we all chuck in on a, like a normally on a Saturday or Sunday every week, and we love it because it's running a long way. And uh, it takes a lot to recover from, right? So, like, Monday, Tuesday, uh, you're probably a little bit sore or you're kind of not quite firing all cylinders because of your long run, and then you're getting into your sessions. And if in your, like, your kind of traditional setup, you've got a club run on the Tuesday, you've got a tempo run on the Thursday, you've got hills on the Saturday, long run Sunday, like, there just aren't enough days to safely put together uh, all the elements that we see that we should be concluding in our training. Mm. Um, So, the 10-day cycle will give you the chance to fit a little bit more in and and it it varies from athlete to athlete but it also depends on like if you are someone who takes a few more days to recover from your long run um this could be a really useful way to do things and like i I, when i saw the the seven day versus ten day i wanted to also add in the 14 day option okay um which which fits more with our calendar um unless we're changing to like the i don't know how many days in the ethiopian calendar there is like per week but the um (laughs) Like that also is as a coach something that i might normally uh have not like i'm sure some of the athletes i coach wouldn't realize they're on like a 14 day cycle rather than a seven day but it especially the longer you're running the longer your long runs might be um, and the bigger a stress they are in the body it might be that yeah over 14 days you've got one long run that's a bit meatier and then the week after a little bit mellower of a weekend or focused a little bit more on speed and then the week after a little bit longer and that i think it's just yeah the the benefits mainly is increased rest between the the key sessions that you might have and a bit more time for that wonderful easy running
3: yeah i like this because i think that that i I think when you get a really hectic, well, the fact is, most people might get into running and be presented with a training plan for that first race that they want to do. And it is, here's 12 weeks and it progresses up through mileage and you ramp it up and da 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 da. And you sort of, you're introduced to volume quite quickly and, and fa- fairly aggressively in terms of like how to get fast or run further. So I like the idea that you can kind of almost allow people to discover how best they respond to things because i think that perhaps people don't at the beginning don't even do that they just kind of like jump straight in and if you're not if you need two days after a big effort you don't really ever find out because you just think you should be doing these weak cycles you
1: see people end up kind of uh, conditioned to fatigue and tiredness and not realizing how, that they're supposed to feel all right on some of their runs um and and some of their interval sessions aren't supposed to kind of be a, a massive risk of injury because they're knackered from the long run 36 hours beforehand and especially I think for older runners where you might see your recovery being impacted or becoming a little bit longer um, until you retire then it's wonderful again um, or uh, people new to the sport who maybe on their, their longer runs it, they're, they're broaching new distances but also they're not maybe uh, I say this new to the sport people at all levels of or experience don't fuel their long runs well enough don't hydrate well enough and, and, and maybe go off a bit too quick in some of those Um, longer sessions and they end up increasing the stress of that session and it takes longer to recover. Um, So it's, yeah, I think it, it's important for people to understand that when you're setting a training plan for me as a coach, uh, people look at it and they go, well, you've got me this session that's got hills and this long run and this, this interval session. And that's what I've got to get in this week, no matter what order or what kind of gap between it. And actually it's the, it's the gaps between those sessions that I, as a coach might put more time into. Um, and that's where the individual individualization of a plan might come in they might have you might have two people training for the same race and they've got similar key sessions like for a marathon you want to get in a session with some decent chunks of marathon pace but you know that the first runner needs time off after that for whatever reason needs two or three days until the next session and the other one he responds quite quickly or she responds quite quickly to sessions and they bounce back but also They've got three days of work where they have to take off running or they can only do short stuff. So you end up truncating that week in a different way. So it, it's so varied uh, that, that I think it's worth considering. Um, and then as a coach, the flip side is pitching this to athletes. Yeah, I have yet to, have yet to see success in this. This is why I use a 14-day cycle rather than 10. Convincing anyone who's, who's been running for a while to change onto a 10-day cycle and suddenly put their long run on a Wednesday – especially if you're working or you've got the kids, like you've got to drop them off at school and things like that. (laughs) It's a hard sell. (laughs) Um, People people enjoy the long run and to kind of convince them that they should do it every 10 days instead of every seven, which is the main part of this um, and increase the time between their, their their kind of their, their fun sessions, their hills, their intervals, the ones that they think are bringing them the most bang for their buck it's yeah I have yet to uh, convince uh, even myself I still stick to and uh, Tom Craggs, my coach who, who you guys are probably familiar with who run Runners World he like he, I chatted to him about it this morning he's like yeah we kind of, like, most of the stuff I do is on a 14 day cycle because it does fit into our lives a little bit better what might a 10 day cycle look like
2: we don't have to go into like super details here but just if someone was like that's a bit of me but how do I actually do it what
1: would it look like well, you know what a seven day cycle looks like. <laughs> Just chuck between the sessions. Three more rest days. Just chuck an extra easier day in there. Like two extra easy days and a rest day. Bosh. Straight in the middle. But you need to be your That's ship... all it'd be. So, be so, ship... so is that,
2: it actually works at like less, less long runs, doesn't it? That would be maybe one thing that would count. Would that count against it? Over the course of four months, you'd actually end up doing less long runs than you would do in a seven day?
1: Yeah, I think you probably would. Like When people talk about this, I think they stretch out the time between the long runs that's it like that's that's just 10 days between long runs is that's in my mind that's what the difference between a seven day and a 10 day schedule is um it depends on the athlete like so if you're training for ultras there might be more mid-length long runs that you fit in so there might be a bunch of like 90 minutes to two hour ones but there will be the only one that was two and a half hours uh, every 10 days um it, even like it depends on what your long runs look like as well and, and what you can sustain um Yeah, I might then have, especially as you get closer to, say, like a marathon, a goal marathon, your sessions might get bigger. So like even in the midweek, your sessions suddenly look like, or in terms of the time and the distance, long runs. Uh, because there's for example I don't know 4 by 5k at marathon pace right and that's your session in the week and between that there's a k easy and before that there's a 10 to 15 minute warm up and then there's that little stagger at the end we call it a cool down um, riscaldamento in Italian there, oh, yeah, right, I know. It? That that's awesome. way uh, better isn't yeah. it it's, it's way better immediately yeah better. <laughs> and then so that then becomes a long run and, and then you need to pay more respect to that so it kind of maybe it might be that you try this out in some of your bigger weeks when the sessions are getting a bit bigger um but yeah and so then you just need two or three days before you start doing something a bit feistier again and that might be it depends what you respond to but it might be a rest day and then two easy days it might be a couple of days with double runs so the volume still stays really like similar it doesn't mean that over like I think one of the reasons people will be wary about this be like, well, hold on a second. I want to get X miles in a week. If it's in my long runs to move, how am I going to do this? And there are there are many ways to get 20 miles into a day. Um, and one of the wonderful ones is to do two 10 mile runs instead of a 20 mile run. And that might be that how you change it around. So you're actually keeping the volume the same. But the load and the stress in one hit is different. It might be that you have a 90 minutes and a 30 minutes um, instead of a two hour run. And that's a very, it's a very, it's a slightly different stress on the body. And that's how you might vary it a little bit. Um, so it, it just kind of stretches things out. And you just give in a bit more space between those really kind of hard, hard hitting, higher stress, higher load workouts.
0: This is the Runner's World podcast. Hold
4: up.
3: Do you think that this, this this approach is really only applicable to those doing like marathon or ultra or sort of like that sort of longer distance stuff? Or do you think the fact that you're giving yourself more chance of recovery means that if you are chasing 5K in a big way and you're putting in a lot of speed work and a lot of like effort, the load obviously is, you know, the stresses from training are still high, but you're not, volume isn't really an issue. Do you think the 10 days still a good approach in terms of giving yourself enough chance to sort of recover and what do you think seven's fine if a shorter distance
1: no i think it's a good question um to be honest it it steps slightly down from my area of expertise and i'm sure there are that people might if someone disagrees definitely get them to to write in but when the shorter the distance you you go the more important the speed of those workouts becomes so actually yeah i think it probably might make even more sense at that point because the long runs are generally short i think it was like laura muir's coach like right? 70 to 80 minutes was the longest long run they're doing right which goes quite far in that distance even less than that um uh, and far in that time not distance and uh like yeah you need to have that pop that like the spring in us in your step to do those short sessions faster so I'm sure they respect that the time between the sessions just as much or more so than the longer distance runners because, for a longer distance, for like 5K, half marathon, and up like an ultra, one of the training benefits that we're after is that accumulated fatigue of that training. Whereas for the for the short distances, you're you're less after kind of oh, yeah. I want to I want the athlete to feel kippered on a regular basis, <laughs> and train whilst kippered. Um, but that's not, not not really what they're after. Was yeah. we? that's a, that's part of our training benefit. Yeah. Um, that's part of our training kind of stimulus is the accumulated fatigue, whereas that's less so in the in the shorter distances. So I imagine this would probably work even better for yeah. It's probably I don't know if it's more common in the shorter distances. Yeah, I I don't know for certain, but that's what my – my foot, the 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 importance of being fresh mm, yeah. for sessions becomes higher in the shorter distances. I'm interested now in this two the, the two week cycle, the 14 day cycle,
2: because in some ways it feels like the best of both worlds. That you, you may you can probably get in over 14 days all the key sessions that you might feel like you're cramming into a week, um, but you're you know kind of still on the same calendar as as most people. Strava can still work like that. I mean, is that is that the, is that, would that be your default approach now as, as a coach and as a runner to think more, to think more in the lines of it's the 14 day
1: by 14 day cycle
2: rather than a week by week thing?
1: It depends on the athlete, but like, like as, as I kind of zone in from like the bigger picture and then you start like looking in the smaller picture, yeah, I like to, I like to look at two weeks, one, because you can, you can vary that load and where it's coming from over the, over those two weeks. And an athlete is is still comfortable that they're getting a, a longer run, but maybe not as stressed for the longer run one week. And then they can see that they can trust in that process a little bit rather than if they look at one week and, or 10 days and suddenly their long run's gone. They're like, Oh, where's it gone? When am I going to get it back? And it also means that say you say you kind of building up a, like one of the sessions I quite like is continuous hills, right? Up and down a little hill. It's good, good loading on the body. It's quite a hard session, um so you kind of space it out but also you've got to do it reasonably regularly so you don't kind of lose the gains you had from it. you don't want to be recovering for the like for the first time getting doms each each time you're doing it so if you do that over two weeks so say it's on a wednesday and then two weeks later you've got the same session you recover from it you can fit in some different sessions you might do something a bit more marathon pace or, or some faster intervals um you might have a long run with with intervals in there as well or with, with efforts and then that kind of within two weeks you've recovered from it you've got time for the other stuff you're not just doing continuous hills because that can be quite tough mm-hmm. um but but you're kind of re- like progressing as it goes and that session might go from five by six to three by eight to three by ten to twelve ten eight what well, lots of continuous hills and vary it like that but you're progressing over two weeks rather than doing it every week and you alongside that you might be doing okay well depending what you're training for we're building up from shorter efforts at marathon pace and then we're actually getting some longer continuous marathon pace workouts in there as well but you don't want to do that every week because you're just going to get like tired of running your marathon pace consistently like, constantly so then that can vary over a two-week cycle where you're not it's kind of not too far apart that you're recovering like starting and losing that conditioning but it's far enough apart that we can fit a whole variety of sessions in so yeah that's so i quite like a two-week like, overview of, a, of someone's training do you um do you train any older athletes? Because I'm wondering if
2: the 10 day or the 14 day might have particular benefit to older people who might have more flexibility in their in their work life anyway, but also might need more recovery.
1: Yeah, that's uh, generally. I spoke to a couple of athletes who are a bit older, like in 50s and 60s. Talking to them about stretching, the athletes I've said we could stretch this out a bit. Um, sometimes because they've been a lot of these have been training all their lives right so there's yeah the, right, okay. the chance to turn, turn things around are, are is harder um but yeah if, if your recovery track changes over time uh, and you can't do what you're used to or you can't recover as quick as you used to it makes sense to stretch that out a little bit and add a bit more recovery in there um but equally it works just as well with someone younger who's new to the sport because they also might be being stressed by the, in, a, in a kind of higher level than they, they might do when they're more conditioned, more used to it. And I, some of that's like a physiological adaptation. Some of that's just like the logistics around it. Like as you get better at it, like as you get more experience, you get better at your fuel and you get better organized, hopefully, around kind of getting in from a run and having some, some food afterwards rather than just kind of waiting all afternoon and forgetting it. You get used to having the right kit. You get used to having, yeah fueling well on that run so it, it it depends on how well you recover but generally as you get older you're going to need a little bit more recovery from the same sessions than you were when you were younger um but it, that involves admitting that to yourself and that you're aging <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which is
3: i mean it's hard, it. it's hard isn't it that's the hard bit <laughs> i think this this appeals just generally i think from a busy life point of view that's really where i'm coming from like i it sounds You've got so many hours in the week and as you say, there's school runs to do and there's, you know, feeding small people and getting everything sorted for the next day before you can even sort of contemplate where you're going to get your training in. So if you're sitting on that seven week plan going, today's got to be intervals and I've got to fit it in here because I've got this on Wednesday and that on Thursday, it kind of all backs up. Whereas if you can break it down a bit more and give yourself those a bit more breathing room, that in itself just makes it seem less stressful
1: yeah okay yeah, it gives you more flex right yeah so like if you're on a, on a 10 day or 14 day cycle you could move that interval session one day or the other and actually it doesn't impact it too much whereas if you're kind of it, it's everything's tightly fitted in there's no there's no flex at all there is there you've got to get that done because otherwise that one's impacted and the long run's gone and then you're not making the club run on the tuesday because then you've got thursday and I like i was thinking as well like an analogy for for uh, for some of our listeners um your listeners not ours but uh, <laughs> I've, I've taken them they're mine yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i going get them back now the <laughs> a good a good way of thinking about it right is as we get older right like, and say we go out for a night on the boots right and we have a few glasses of wine a beer or maybe some some shots the, the amount of time we need to recover from that lengthens as we get older so we might do instead of going out like two or three times a week as we were younger and recovering and feeling good from that that becomes like a seven day thing right okay like once every seven days we'd have a night out and we recover from it our long run is a is a heavy night out on the source and we need three or four days to recover from it before we can even contemplate talking to someone else and as we get older still we need the 10 days before and um, eventually it becomes like i don't know several years um, yeah, between several year training like, plan, yeah. <laughs> how quickly recovery we recover from a night out varies as we get older and the long run's the same like it's just you need to, a bit more time to recover from it so do your mates hopefully so that's it's, you can convince your friends to join you on a tuesday long run um and uh, yeah it, it, but that's it's just our body's ability to recover and bounce back from doing stupid things um or hard things it varies with age well talking about hard things then what, what's
2: what's next in terms of your own running and what's what's the next uh, the next goal would you say
1: I, so I've been selected to run for Great Britain again at the 24-hour World Champs, which is in uh, Taipei in December. Um, so, so yeah, that's the next kind of big goal for me, and everything works back from that. Uh, so I, I haven't like I've got a couple. I've got a half marathon on Sunday, um, which should be fun. And uh, like other than that, like I'm, it's just kind of a bit piecemeal in the middle. I'm looking for something to do over the summer, but something that leaves me fresh. And mentally and physically ready to do a, a real tough block of training through the autumn because with a race in a 24-hour race in feb and another one in december it's a it's a pretty long year so uh yeah it's i am currently in between uh races and training blocks how,
3: how, how do you cope with that then because if you get us if you are presented with the summer of having to make a decision on like oh i could just go off and essentially what people would probably call junk miles but I just call nice running what would you feel about just going and doing some of that because you obviously live somewhere wonderfully idyllic and good looking that you could go and do some light hit mountains and all that sort of stuff or does it do you, or do you now just is your mindset like well if I go and did that up there but it's not going to get there's no benefit
1: Right, if you looked at my tabs right now there are three or four different random <laughs> races that I shouldn't do uh, open <laughs> I so like, I work with my coach Tom Tom Craigs and basically I, I want to be really really good at um, 24-hour running so like I like a lot of the decisions I make are based around being as good as I can be like I feel like it's my forte and I'd like to, to see how far how good I can be I do love running on the trails um there's no one i don't know if anyone truly loves running around in circles for 24 hours they like being good at it they like competing do they love running around in small concrete loops Mm, probably not yeah (laughs) um i do i do have a love for it but like it's a weird love it's and it's mainly tied to me being good at it if i was rubbish at it i don't think i'd love it that much yeah um so yeah like i i want to do some adventurous stuff in summer um i raced as part of a relay on sunday uphill race and i was slower by about five minutes on this 90 minute uphill than i was uh, last year and it had me thinking a massive amount about like the specificity of my training so the last 12 months since i've been really focused on the flat stuff and i've got better by a long way at the flat stuff yeah. um, which is what i'm good at and i've got worse at the stuff that involves running up the side of mountains because well that's a mountain right and it made me think like if i go and spend the summer doing not junk miles, but like if I focus on I enjoy a little bit more, um, like trout running, like take the mo- make the most of the 1500 metre climb that we've got on our doorstep, um which my wife enjoys because you get to come down fifteen hundred metres as well yeah. afterwards. Um will that take away from my ability to run twenty-four hours effectively for my country in December? Yeah. Mm. It's a hard one. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I kind of get caught. Like I want to be really really good like I like we've got one guy called Alexander Sorokin who's a step above the rest of us um but if he has a bad day I want to be there to take up I want to be in 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 the fight for great Uh, yeah absolutely hit that spot so yeah yeah
2: great Robbie that's really good I'm really glad to hear it yeah um is am I right in thinking that like the 200 miles in 24 hours is like the four minute mile of 24 hour
1: running? it wasn't and now it is <laughs> seems a bit ridiculous yeah um alexander's tried he got to like 319 kilometers so like just under um i mean i've, I've that you're the first person i've heard to refer it to, to as that um i guess it could be i mean two uh, there are only i want to say like there's less than 20 people who run 100 miles under 12 hours so to do it twice yeah there's yeah. only one man in the world who's attempting that as i suppose the four minute mile there was a few old landy was trying to get there before banister and a few of the uh, scandinavians whereas none of us are, other than alexander are focused on running 200 miles in 24 hours and honestly i think if his next attempt is in taiwan taipei at the at the world champs it's not the right it's a humid and to yeah, be yeah, yeah, warm place yeah. it's not going to be the place for it so i don't think it's un- under threat this year like, he got close last year and uh, at a European champs as well which was fantastic to watch. Um I I don't know like maybe the 300k is is our 4 minute mile and we've now had three people break that Alexander okay. uh, one of the Polish internationals and Janis Kuros the um the goat in our mm-hmm. flat roadie circles. So yeah I mean uh, 300k maybe the 4 minute mile for us. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Maybe and that's, and, yeah. and Alexander's Ah uh, Garush running like that 343 mile, yeah. which is the a bit ridiculous. he doesn't work on a i mean i think he works on something like a two-day week um (laughs) and he gets a normal person's like weekly training into every two days so that's totally different like it's bringing it the other direction because he'll do like intense workouts and long runs at altitude and i think he averages he's averaging like yeah i don't think he's far off 300k a week wow um, a lot of weeks wow he
2: isn't, a he, isn't he a croup- is croupier? Isn't he in
1: the isn't he in the he, casino? He's retired. He, reti- he, he I don't know if retired is the right word. He's gone full time when he's running. Since um the oh, hunger like he, he can, Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's chucking cards into the sky now. Like, um <laughs> but yeah, he, he went full time and that's been a big change for him. I think he's he's spending he goes and spends real big blocks at altitude, like either Kenya or this latest, latest one at um Phoenix uh not Phoenix. I want to say Flagstaff, Flagstaff. Um, okay. Arizona, um, in the last one, and spends big blocks out there just being doing, like, just, frankly, horrendous-looking volumes of training and intensity at <laughs> mm. um, altitude. So, yeah, like, but wow. I'm not even joking. I think he gets the average person's training into into two days. Um, it's amazing. So yeah. It's the other end of the scale. Maybe the scale, that's what's yeah. next.
3: All right, next episode. Yeah. The, the two-day training yeah. cycle, yeah
2: we well, thanks thanks so much for coming on thanks for your time, talking about the, the merits of the 10 day and the 14 day training cycle really interesting, I think a lot of people listening will um, take a
1: lot away from that, so thanks for your time I don't think any of them will adapt it though, <laughs> honestly, unless they're retired but even then but it's, it's what works for you, right yeah, what works yeah, for you, yeah. if, you yeah. if all you take from this podcast is that you're going to respect the recovery between your sessions be it on a 7 or a 10 day cycle then that's, we've done our job
2: So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Thanks very much to our guest, Robbie Britton, and to you, of
3: course, for listening. You can subscribe to just three issues of uh, Runners World. Uh, Go to runnersworld.co.uk slash uh, podcast offer to get an exclusive £5 offer for three issues, if that wasn't clear. Um, Please subscribe to this podcast if you don't already. Keep listening. We, We are getting better at it. So, you know, slowly but surely over the years. Yeah. So if you, if you stick with us, I promise it, it will probably be really good in about four years' time. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes.
2: Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray 5-in-1
0: gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or
2: anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rustolium.
5: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad, high-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.